Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, afternoon, slash morning, Margarita Day. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I have to see where I am. This is the first hour of the two-hour Ghost Chronicles extravaganza, which doesn't even make sense. But anyway, I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me is my co-host, the ghost in and ghost hunting, the godfather of ghost hunting, the whatever. Here he is, Steve Parsons. Hola. Hola. What does that mean? Spanish for hello. Ah, ah. Dímelo. No idea. Dímelo. That's more hippo. Is it a clue? That's more hippo. Is it? Yes. Is it? Well, yes, there it we is. go. Live and learn. Hey, do you know, um, I was um, going through some stuff on the computer today and realized, looking up at the uh, the uh, calendar, that in an ordinary year, today would be the day when I wouldn't be on the radio right now because I would be on a British Airways flight mid-Atlantic right now, yeah. winging our way towards... Um, but then... I thought, I wonder if the flight still runs. So um, I clicked on British Airways just to see if they were still running the flight and uh, discovered, to my surprise, because it hasn't, hasn't made the news over here, that um, residents of the United Kingdom um, are not allowed to visit the United States until at least the 31st of December. That's right. Got to keep the riffraff so, out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fa- Thanks, Big Orange. Yep, keep the riffraff out. We'll. Uh, that's why you cool. guys are. Spi- that's why you guys are spiking, and we're doing like cool, dude. The thing is, though, we're not actually spiking. This is a bizarre thing. Um, it's nowhere near as bad as the press is making out, or indeed even our government is making out. We seem to be in some sort of weird situation here, where the numbers, the the number of tests are going uh, are. Our positive tests are increasing, but there is, but these are all asymptomatic. Nobody's actually, you know, the number of people who are sick and importantly in hospital or even more yep. importantly dying is you minimal. You don't get it. Is that because they're, well, they're, they're symptomatic, be, well, they people. transmit to somebody who is in a weakened condition or has health yeah, issues but, and will but, get bumped off? Yeah, but even that's not that that's not seeming to happen because, as I said, the numbers of being admitted to hospital or dying from this mm-hmm. virus is isn't changing. It's bumping along the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very and it's making things much more difficult. You know, while they impose greater sanctions of lockdown measures on us, yeah. um, which they have done um, with effect from today and tomorrow in different parts of the United Kingdom. Um, 
you know, travel restrictions and visiting people and uh, all manner of other restrictions. Yeah, the governor just uh, increased the number of people at a table in a restaurant now up to 10. It used to be just six. And they also allow eating at the bars now uh, as long as it's social well, well, we're similar because you can you – can, you can, here – in Wales, which is different than England and Scotland, because each of the four countries of the United Kingdom has different versions of the same rules, because they're all working from the same scientific advice, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, so in Wales, uh, you can only meet uh, in a maximum indoors of a group of six, which must be from your household bubble. Now, a household bubble is defined by um, up to four separate households who have formed a bubble mm-hmm. um, to the exclusion of so, but so only six persons. So the rule of six, yeah. and that equally applies if you all went out to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get re- too much into this coronavirus thing. People no, listen no, no, to no, us I mean, to escape it, and well, I just don't want to bring it up to it. Well, but. well, you don't. But you know, I was just trying to explain how bizarre things are. Um, yeah. Because we can also you know, six indoors, up to thirty outdoors. Mm-hmm. Go figure. That's what. That, that's what. Anyways, today today is like deja vu all over because when I when I answered the phone uh, or answered the skypes, there was a familiar voice, a ghost from the past. And uh, this is one of my favorite producers from Toginet, uh, or Toginet, or whatever the hell it is. Anyways, uh, yes, Karina, are you there? Can you join us now? Twilight Zone. I love that voice. We miss you so much, dear. I miss y'all, too. I, I, I've, got to, I've got to point out, because um, I, it's only fair, that uh, we also miss Ben and Roy. And if they had been absent for a period of months, then we would also drag them back on. Too. No, I don't. You shut <laughs> up. Eric. That's I do. I miss Eric. You're just, a, you're just a rude American. Stop it. <laughs> I, I apologize for my co-host. Come on. Mr. How are you anyway? Mr. So Mr. Net is Eric. Everybody knows that. He, he could do everything. Now he's out drilling oil wells. What the hell? (laughs) But Karina, what have you been up to? We miss you so much. I miss you guys too. I haven't been up to too much. Just, you know, um, having adventures. (laughs) Basically. What kind of adventures? You can't leave us hanging. I know, right? In the the big city of Dallas, Texas. I have. Yeah. However, I've been in... um, where, where they are, like, East Texas area um, since March due to um, whenever I was moving, um, COVID happened. So, but that's okay. This is a blessing in disguise. So, oh. I've been at home working, and I work for neurosurgeons now. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's well, boring. <laughs> you know, it only seems like the natural step, you know, I mean, from Steve and I to neurosurgeons. I mean, it just... <laughs> Seems like the natural progression to me, anyway. Right. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, I'm not really so sure. I think working, particularly with you, Ron, it's not psychiatry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss you guys, though. I'd rather be doing this. <laughs> and so you moved to East Texas. Is that like we're all the, the hurricanes are, are ripping the place up? Um, not 
not where we are and not where Toginet is because Toginet yeah, is in Tyler. Yeah. But, right. um, it, no, um, I, I'm just down the road. So, and, oh, down the road is about 20 minutes or so away. I don't know. Some people yeah. may be like, what's down the road? Like down the street. It's, uh, it's Southern talk, right? Yes. <laughs> Our Texas talk. Uh, oh. <laughs> See, over in Britain, down the road literally means 100, 100 yards. Yeah, like just down the road. <laughs> yeah, but it's about 20 minutes away. But um, I've been here for six over six months now and been working from home. It's been interesting. And I, I, I think I do miss the country, though. So I'm hey, very happy I'm Are you here. telling me you do – so you're doing neurosurgery from home? Well, um, I help um, the fellowship. So um, people are – the men and women who, um, who they when they finish the residency from wherever they are, then they apply to do fellowships if they like, and a lot of people do just to get that um, one year experience um, at another hospital than than the experience that they've had for seven years at one hospital during their residency. So uh-huh. yeah, so I've got to say, the thought of doing neurosurgery on the kitchen table is. <laughs> It's a bit scary. Well, you can do it remotely now. Yes. Uh, actually, actually, when I had, was a Jan, you and Jan had her surgery. They did that. The surgeon wasn't even in the room. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Bizarre. Yeah, that was uh, robotic, so uh, it was kind of cool. Oh yes, I've seen that before. Very yeah. interesting stuff. <laughs> So, uh, what I was going to say, you're in Texas, so I, I, I need, you need a little clarification of this. Is Texas, are you consider yourself well, southern, yourself southerners, westerners, or what? Oh, well, we're southern here. Oh, southern, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, they said, you can, you can easily tell, Ron, because they say y'all. Yeah, we do say y'all a lot, so... That is it's an easy way to tell. <laughs> no, you say so. Except the for all Confederate, the, the Confederate before. South always said "yow." Oh. <laughs> oh, you can't say that word in the United States anymore. Bite your tongue. <laughs> South. Confederate. What, 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 oh, which, yeah, you can't. That's a dirty word. You can't say that. Shameful. Oh. Shameful. You can't say that. Oh, God. More rules. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, so it's great to hear. I mean, you should. I mean, you have a voice for radio too. You could really do radio, Karina, too. Thank you. That's where I want to be in the next maybe five years or so. Either that or the perfect face for radio. Either that or the nine hundred service on the phone. Either either way, your voice is great. Right. The hotlines. (laughs) I have a lot of friends that say that, so (laughs) I may be considering soon. I actually, I actually, I went to call my bank one one day, and uh, I accidentally dialed nine hundred instead of eight hundred, and I got this woman's voice and, "Hi, oh. I've been waiting for you." It's like, whoa, <laughs> this crazy. bank has really gotten friendly now. <laughs> <laughs> Very. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, and it's great to hear from you again. Yes, it was. It's great for hearing from y'all too, and I miss you guys so much. Yeah, we wish you the best of hey, luck with you. Before, before you disappear, Corinne, did you still do the drawing? Do I still do the what? The drawing. The Like drawing? Yeah, you used to do art, didn't you? Oh, no, that's Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lisa and Roy are the artists I, here. 
Right. Now I, I so. now I always thought that I always thought that was you. No, that's I what wish. happens. That's what happens when you think, Steve. But I do support <laughs> them. <laughs> well, our producers sound the same to me. Oh wow! That, that sounds How like rude. Karina, and Roy sounds like Karina. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I mean I, I could never tell Lisa and Karina apart, but I. Oh, sure you could. And I get Ben and Roy mixed up as well. Yes, that is true. Karina, Karina has a deeper voice. Hello. It's more sec- <laughs> sexier. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Roy's got quite a deep, sexy voice. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. That's more up there than mine. <laughs> He's gone all red now. Not British. Oh. <laughs> oh, look, Roy's gone all red. That's so silly. <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, I suppose we should move on to something else. <laughs> so I want to thank you for joining us today and, and talking with us. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I no, just... I, I, think he was, I think he was having some sort of uh, breathing thing yeah. going on there. I, I was, I was maybe, crying. Maybe COVID. Actually, I was oh, crying. he was crying. Yes. Oh. Tears of joy. with me just had a touch of COVID going on there. <laughs> no. I just, well, so I'll be back soon. Cool. Yes. Have fun, guys. Yeah, bye, bye Karina. Hey, don't forget you can listen to the podcast every week. Oh, jeez. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, that was kind of cool, wasn't it? That was very cool. Sort of, it's a blast from the past. I, know, uh, I was, I, funnily, I genuinely was only thinking about Karina um, earlier in the week. Really? I think, yeah. I don't, we don't hear from Karina anymore. I wonder what happened. Where, she, where did she go to? See, so you put it out to the universe, and the universe heard you. And must must you have go. done. Must have done. There you go. How spooky is that? Slam, bam. Thank you, man. Isn't there a word? Uh, what, synchronicity? Synchronicity, yep. Which is the posh word for, well, well, it's the paranormal version of coincidence, isn't it? Because depending on your outlook, it's either synchronicity. I, I got something I want to bring up, and I'm going to wait until after the break. So I, I'd like to go down that road for a little bit anyways. Is uh, coincidence and synchronicity. What, what, I mean, there are mathematical formulas, right? There are, um, and there have been a, there have been a number of books published on it. But I, I think basically it boils down to your belief, because um, although there are some very interesting, I, what what is interesting is um, if we take like scientific discoveries, um, things like the invention of the light bulb and the telephone, or the discovery of DNA, or it's it's really quite surprising how many times um, the discoverer of or the supposed um, first discoverer of these things, like the light bulb or DNA, uh, suddenly re- uh, discovers afterwards that, in actual fact, uh, they would, you know, it was discovered simultaneously in several labs around the world or workshops around the world or thought up by, by, by different people um, who weren't known to one another but were working and made the discoveries very, very, you know, sort of, closely aligned in time um and that's happened so what's, what's your thoughts on that i mean is that well i mean i i, I mean 
people have suggested that, you know, it's a natural progression of science and evolution that we're looking at similar sort of developments. So it's not really that surprising that, you know, we all got bored of candles and started looking for other ways to light our homes. Uh, Or that we were looking for running out of Buddhist monks. Or, yeah, or, or witches to burn. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, is it that surprising that we were looking for better communication systems beyond the telegraph? So, you know, people, well, if we can send, if we can send bleeps and dots and dashes, then we should be able to send voice. So around the world, different, like, I mean, you've got Ham- Hammond Castle, where Hammond was a great inventor of radio control. But right. was he aware? A lot of his patents are very similar to and Tesla. very closely aligned in time to Tesla's. Yeah. Now, how much did they know of one another's work, even you know, even at a, a superficial level, to influence one another, or or is there something? Is this because other people have suggested it's part of this sort of great universal? force that guides us and, and greater consciousness the greater consciousness that's right yeah. uh, it's also surprising how many of these inventions were created were, were, were um, attributed to dreams the discovery of the helix the DNA helix being one example of that um, you know where the, the um, scientists working on it were making no, no um, breakthrough and then fell asleep and dreamt about the, the two snakes intertwining with one another, which when they woke up and went, it's a double helix. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be argued, and, and psychologists would argue, um, I'm sure Chris French and Joe Nickel would put up a convincing <laughs> case that yeah. because, because they had been, you know, sort of thinking about helical structures and the structure of DNA, and then they had a dream about snakes, it suddenly triggered a memory of, of, a, of an yeah, experiment yeah. or something. And, but it could just be that somebody's gone, uh, you know, while you're asleep, something's crept up and blown it straight into your ear. Right. Uh, I want to interrupt for a second because I, I, I forgot and I totally feel bad about this. John uh, says he misses Karina and he says, send her my love. So Karina, John sends you love to her. So there you go. All right. Yes, I, I agree, Steve. I mean, but it, it's so strange. I mean, especially synchronicity or coincidence, depending on how you look at it. it, it there are so many things that are so difficult to explain. I, I know there, there are mathematical formulas and that can be somehow predicted. I don't know that. But we also know that, you know, for instance, I remember uh, what was that experiment they did where the randomness, they have a random generator and they, they uh-huh. put Put it through the world, different places in the world. And they find that uh, there there are times when the random de- generator can be changed. Do you remember that experiment? I know the experiment, um, but the, the results were never really very conclusive um, because when it was well, like everything, because we really don't know, yeah, and and, and not replicable. But right. there were some. They did claim to have some interesting results. Yet when others tested it, they found that in actual fact. The randomness of the random number generator remained random, uh, <laughs> and what was really happening was that the scientists, the experimenters, were attributing, um, you know, special significance to some of the events. 
I, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I know what you mean about the mathematical thing because yeah. I remember reading. I, I, I wish I could remember where. I, I know. If, if I'd known we were talking about, it, I would have reviewed yeah. it. But, uh, um, yeah. but somebody wants to do a statistical uh, an, an, um, breakdown of of this idea that you know you go to a big city like Boston or London. Mm-hmm. And then you, you think about somebody and then you, you walk around the corner and you bump into them. How unusual is that? And they, they did a mathematical breakdown of um, the number of people in the city and the possibilities of these two people, you know, you and them being in the city and which parts of the city, you know, you could rule out huge parts of it, of each city because nobody, a visitor wouldn't go there. Um, and they actually came down to, actually, it was really quite statistically small. Um, and, and a high chance that you could, in fact, bump into somebody. It's the um, same thing about the, you're thinking about somebody and the phone rings and it's them on the phone. Well, actually, uh, yes, but there is a, there's, a, there's a, actually a, um, a really a much more plausible explanation for that uh, that, that I, I subscribe to. And that okay. is that like, like, like if, look, if we take our family, my family, Mm-hmm. Now, generally speaking, um, certain family members will will phone certain times of the day or or on certain days of the week, yeah. so that if the phone rang at six o'clock in the evening um, on a weekday, the chances are it would probably be usually is my mum or my dad. Mm-hmm. So if the phone rings around that time, immediately you know you, you're most likely uh, to make an educated stab at it and be right most of the time. Whereas if you compare that to the phone ringing at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m., it's very likely to be – I mean, you all know that saying when the phone uh, – that feeling when the phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's not going to be good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either a family member with bad news or it's a drunk, random yeah, drunk. Man. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Some drunken bum going, car for taxi, am I? Yeah, yeah, wrong number, my <laughs> pal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so you know, I mean, we are good at predicting, you know, certain things. And then when we when the prediction comes right, we can. It's some individuals, you know, that I've met met certain people who uh, will attribute all of these fairly mundane things to uh, karma or, um, you know, astronomical forces beyond our control when in actual fact right six yeah yeah when in actual Uh, fact you're just dealing with some of this you know if if esp exists then it it very much could be the uh the cause of these things uh certain certain things for instance uh you know Two things: the telephone ringing. You, you know, you're thinking about someone, and and if you connect with that person, and they said, "Oh, you know what? I haven't." Seen. So they call. So there's that aspect, and and if you're in a big city, and in uh, you know about seeing somebody that you wouldn't think about, it's like white cars. You know how many white cars you see all the time, but you don't really see them. But if you're thinking about the white car, then you see it. So you know. <laughs> There might be a, a little bit of the ESP play in here, if you know ESP is a valid. Um... Well, I, I, I think ESP is probably valid, and I think it may may play because there are, yeah. Um, 
it does, it's not uncomfortable for me to consider um, or to or to believe in because yeah. uh, you know, there there have been a lot of research you've done onto thought transference and um, extrasensory perception or uh, the early SPR they did a huge amount of work onto thought transference and if you're thinking about somebody projecting them into your thoughts then it's conceivable possibly even likely that um, at that moment, you know, they're randomly doing something like mowing the lawn and, uh, oh, I must phone pops into their mind. And then they, you know, they, they right. go in and later on the evening they make a call. You, I was just thinking about you earlier today. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I, I told you about the experiment that Maureen and I did, right? Uh, I don't believe you did. With, you with, the, with the, uh, the sleep test. Um, doesn't ring any bells. No. Well, this is, this goes back a few years and, and quite a few years actually. And uh, Maureen had had problems sleeping, so she went and did a, part of a be a sleep study at, at some Boston hospital. I forget which one it was. And on that, that particular weekend, I was at the Houghton Mansion uh, doing an event there, and we decided on a predetermined time that. Um, we would, I would try to connect with her, and and uh, at that particular time. So anyway, she was doing the sleep thing, and she was sleeping actually. And uh, I did the experiment, and it was at that time the the experiment this noticed that there was a change in the the brain pattern. At, uh, that occurred at that time. They were wondering what was going on. We knew or we, you know, pl- planned this thing. So we, we kind of was hoping to, that something would happen. And we did have that thing. Now, I mean, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we, we actually connected or it just could be coincidence. But there was at that particular time when we planned this thing, we, there was a, a change in the, the, uh, the brain waves at that time. So that was kind of cool. Well. Well, the good old early SPR investig- um, members used to um, will each other. They used to sit down of an evening and then, or, or bedtime and focus on appearing to one another in each other's bedrooms, for heaven's sake, yeah. um, and, and would appear standing at the foot of one another's beds. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was quite commonly reported that mm. they seemed to have this ability to project astral, well, we would call it astrally projected their image. Yeah. Anyways, um, we are coming up to the break right now, so uh, we have to take a break. But I'd like to continue on that same note uh, when we get back because there are there are also very quite a few cases of it uh, that are documented. Anyways, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, the most reverend Steve Parson and Ron Kolek right here in Tojinet and also on Paranex if Roy put up Paranex. Uh, but anyway, uh, we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And also, we are also, uh, whatever, we're leaving. We'll be back. <laughs>
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. from Welsh um, Ghost Chronicles International with your host Ron Kolek and over here in semi-lockdown the mm. gold standard in sitting around twiddling his thumbs and wishing that he could go outside into the big wide world mm. got an investigation on Saturday lucky you I know I'm excited it'll lucky be you. kind of scaled down kind of but whatever it says, it, says, it says on the blackboard in our kitchen, on the, the section that says, Steve, away, and it says, maybe 2021. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. Everything's cancelled for 2020 this year. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to deal with it. So just before the break, you were talking a little bit about uh, a, an experiment. Was it by the SBR, did you say? No, it was by members of the SPR. It wasn't yeah. an SPR, you know, an official experiment, but they all started right. doing it um, by locating and astrally projecting into one another's boudoirs, bedrooms, and houses. Oh. I know. I don't know about that. Next thing you know, they'll be popping in the bathroom. <laughs> you know what these? You know what these Victorians were like. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that's a trick. And, and there are so many reports of, uh, uh, you know, throughout history of people being seen uh, in two places at once. I mean, Padre Pio. You mean by location? Well, I was going to say, I mean, can't eat. By location, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Inevi- inevitably, you get to Padre Pio. 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 Yeah. Whatever. Pio, Pio, um, Pio. You say Pio, I say Pio. Potato. Yeah, you say potato, I say potato. Potato. <laughs> but, yeah, Pio is just one of many. I mean, yeah, yeah. Probably one of the most famous in, in terms of non-religious bilocations was uh, <clears throat> the French school teacher. Um, I'm sure I remember all the details. Uh, Emily Sage, Sage. Uh, 
Anyway, she was uh, she'd, be, she'd been able to do this bilocation stuff apparently since the teenage years. At will, and she got uh, no, she had no control over it at all. Okay, <clears throat> she got a job working in a private girls' school, mm-hmm. and um, where she became a respected and well liked teacher. But there was a problem um, in that she kept from time to time bilocating. Um, and appearing, uh, sometimes appearing as a double in her own classroom, which scared the bejesus out of the girls. You think? You think? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sometimes, you know, as, as she herself sat eating in the dining room of the dining hall in the evening, um, this, this mirror image of her would also appear, um, also sitting and eating, but the most bizarre one happened on uh, it, was a, it was a summer's afternoon, and the entire class, um, thirty or forty girls, was sitting having a lesson. And as they worked, they um, they noticed out of the window, or they could see out of the window, this teacher, this um, Emily. Um, I can't remember her name now. Whatever, just Emily. It's fine. Yeah, Emily. Um, walking through the garden, picking flowers in the school garden. Um, as they looked up at the board uh, towards the front of the classroom where their teacher sat, there was Emily standing in front of them, staring straight at them. Uh-huh. Whilst, so they turned to look back at the garden and she was similarly, you know, simultaneously still picking flowers. Uh, now, she herself said that she never, she never saw her own phantom, but she was aware of its presence. Uh, and that she said, uh, and witnesses said that whenever the phantom appeared, or the, do- the doppelganger, the double appeared, the colour would drain from her face, and that she would become overcome with fatigue, and her, that her movements would become um, almost listless. Uh, it, it, oh. In fact, so terrified everybody at the school, frightened the bejesus out of the girls at the school and the staff, that they sacked her. Oh, jeez. That stinks. Now, uh, there was another, there's another documented one from history, and that's that of Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah. Um, who was reported to have seen her, her own corpse-like figure lying on the deathbed um, before her death. I think also... Lincoln did, did that too. Um, yeah, I think Percy Shelley, the poet, yeah. who's said he'd been visited by his doppelganger before he, killed, he, he was killed in a sailing accident. Um, who was the, the one that was killed in the uh, Spanish-American War? Spanish War? Uh, whatever that was. What's it? Frankel's War. I have no idea. It was the English. Famous. No, that's right. Whatever. It's unimportant. All right. I was just curious. Uh, Stalin also uh, is another one that was seen. Now, it it seems it seems strange where they're not cognizant of it that it, that it's happening. Right? Is that what you're saying? Um. In the case of the SPR uh, experiment, they were certainly, at the time it happened, they had, well, there were some accounts. Well, where... what my, my thing is, it, all right, so 
uh, for instance, if I did that to you and I showed up in, in your bedroom, all right? God forbid. Uh, but would I be cognizant of what I saw in the bedroom, me, myself? Or, I mean, it's clearly evident you saw it because you reported it. But would oh, the person oh. – that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, the French woman wasn't. However, mm-hmm. um, with some of those SPR researches – both parties, you know, one described the bedroom and described being there, and the other described the other one being there. Ah. So there's certainly some, there does seem to be a degree of will and cognizance in it, mm-hmm. um, or in some instances of it. People, I mean, the psychologist Joe Nickel will tell you it's all daydreaming. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just, uh, but there was one. There's one fantastically documented account of a of a doppelganger or near-death um, couple, de- uh, near-death crisis apparition, possibly. Oh, yeah. That uh, never actually, where the person didn't die. And is this, this the plain place, one? This is the plain one. We've mentioned yeah. it before. Where We've this, mentioned this, this before, is yeah. a, And their transat flight uh, across the Atlantic, two-engined aircraft, and they got the fuel calculations wrong, and it turned into a, a glider th- uh, about 200 miles from the nearest land. Lovely. And, of course, everybody thought they were going to, you know, they prepared to uh, go down in the ocean. And at that moment, um, the mother of a passenger saw her son appear at the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the plane, fortunately, uh, due to the skill of the pilots and uh, luck with the prevailing winds, made it to, to a safe landing, engine this landing at the Azores, and everybody lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they compared the account of the mother, and I and said to you know, she said, I'm, you know, he was standing at the bottom of the bed, and you know, I was convinced that that moment he died, and um, you know, the, the, I was waiting for the phone to ring, and of course, when the phone did ring some hours later, it was, hi, mom, I'm stuck on the Azores because the plane ran out of fuel. When they when researchers spoke to him, they said, well, what were you doing at that, you know? that sort of time. Of course, he doesn't know the exact time. Right. Uh, but we said, well, you know, obviously my thoughts were with my, my, my mother and my father because I thought I would never see them again. And I was trying to, you know, they, they, they were predominant in my thoughts. So at some point, you know, some, some means, did he actually actually project or was it telepathy you know, because the mother didn't think, you know, there was nothing apparently wrong. She knew he was on a plane and that she was looking forward to going to the airport the next day to meet him. Um, but some by some mechanism, she, you know, she believed that she saw his apparition standing at the foot of the bed and that um, it was a portent of, of ill fortune and that he died when, in fact, mm-hmm. he believed he was going to die. And that's... Important. Yeah, the in, in my book goes today. There's there's two little short tales, and one is about a uh, one of the British battleships that went down in the First World War in the Mediterranean, and their son uh, appeared in I forget which which place in in uh, England. Once again, uh, it's in my book goes today, and at that same time that the, the ship had gone down, and then the other one is is kind of reverse where where uh, these three men are sitting at a table, a cardinal and a couple of lords or something like that, and uh, the cardinal jumps up and almost like in a translate, he says, "Oh my God, they're all dead!" and 
they left their uh, gun ports open, and it's about a, a ship that went down in the the uh, uh, the channel, I believe it is. With they had hit a storm, and their gun ports were open, and they got swamped, and the the ship rolled, and uh, they all drowned. So, um, so th this is an intriguing thing. Is has there been a lot of research done on, on this? I mean, you know, I know that you know Cal there Cooper. Yeah, there actually has um, into this um, this thought that the the, the preferred uh, term is thought transference. Thought transference, yeah, um, yeah. And there have been you know there have been researchers who have dedicated their entire um, work in studying it, and you know they've been very supportive of it. In fact, most most parapsychologists are generally supportive of it. Um, because it plays very much into this idea and exp experimentation into ideas of consciousness. Right. Because, you know, a lot of parapsychologists are actually studying consciousness, whether psi, um, whether consciousness, whether telepathy, extrasensory perception, and these other abilities are, are linked to, uh, you know, consciousness. Uh, individual consciousness, group consciousness, collective consciousness, or universal consciousness. Right. Because science doesn't really have an answer to where consciousness comes from. You know, we point accusing fingers at the brain yeah. um, as being the... But there is no proof that consciousness is a function of the brain. In fact, there are scientists who suggest that the brain is, is merely a processor and that the memory and consciousness is stored elsewhere. Right. Uh, there's, there was a, I know, a, a noted anthropologist from University of Arizona that did a lot of work on on this. And where, do, where does where does your consciousness go when, for instance, when you're under anesthesia, or when you have a near death experience? And he had found something in the in the brain. I forget what they were called. Oh God. Uh, but anyways, but. That's his belief that they were. That's where the consciousness resides in this particular area of the brain. I don't. Think, I mean, currently nobody knows. Science right. can't answer exactly. the question. We, and, and we see headlines every week, don't we? Um, you know, science proves that we survive death or consciousness survives death. And there, there are there are accounts like the R one hundred one account with Eileen Garrett and Harry Price, where there is a strong indication that that something beyond death, uh, some consciousness, some elements of consciousness beyond death occurred um, and was able to communicate back to the living. People have linked that to ghosts and hauntings as well, um, right. certain types of ghosts and haunting. But the simple answer is we still, we, we don't know. We don't know. There is a lot of um, good anecdotal evidence. There is research uh, into these subjects, and that research is very much ongoing. You, you mentioned um, our mutual friend, Dr. Cal Cooper, mm -hmm. and his work with uh, the flotation tanks, right. trying to study these altered states of consciousness and uh, I suppose you could say altered states of reality, virtual reality. There are even, there are even researchers looking Sounds at... Sounds like Timothy you know, Leary to me. Well, you know, there are researchers <laughs> trying... Is, is Cal the new Timothy to, Leary? <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, there are researchers who genuinely say and genuinely are trying to figure out which is the reality. Is it the waking state or the dream state? Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, are we all, there are some scientists who support the notion that we're actually living in a matrix. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, uh, but, I have a, but, you know, I've had experiences in, uh, I call them waking dreams, and I, I have no explanation for them whatsoever. But I will be awake, my eyes will be open, and instead of being wherever I am, I'll be someplace totally different. I mean, it's usually a, a location where there's, uh, you know, it's not, there's no people or anything. For It, it, it could be like, a ruins like a, an Inca type ruins, you know, I can't tell if it was Inca or whatever, uh, whether it's a forest or, or, uh, some stone formation, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like America Stonehenge or something like that with chambers. Uh, but I, I've had this probably 15 times in my life, uh, maybe even more where I'm totally awake and and yet I am not any. When my eyes don't see where I am, I actually am so, see everything else. Almost to the point where I remember one time I was like in a forest, and I could, you know, I could hear the snow falling. You know, I don't know if you ever, well, you don't get a lot of snow out in the UK, but you can. If it's snow. well, if it's really cold, you can actually hear that that noise. Yeah. Like a, yeah. You remember? I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Is it is that bizarre? I, I have no no explanation for it, Steve, but it, well, it's happened. At, well, at least I don't. 50. I don't want to pour. You know, I, I, I don't want to pour cold water. On no, me. it's not cold water. If you have an explanation, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, I have no explanation as such because, but I, I've had very similar experiences on uh, probably as many occasions as you have, and there is a good um, you know, science. Med, medical science offers good explanations because. Um, particularly with experiments on, on wakefulness uh, as, it, as it relates to um, the military. They mm. discovered that oft, oftentimes pilots, fighter pilots, bomber pilots on these long missions were actually asleep more than they were, more than they, you know, they said, how many times did you fall asleep? No, I was awake the whole time. And yet when they've looked at sensors, uh, you know, been studying these um, pilots, they've discovered that the buggers were asleep for most of the time. Um, happily dreaming and it then they discovered that it happened to motorists and train drivers and long distance truck drivers and we have this ability to 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 switch between instant sleep and back to back to being awake with no recollection of being asleep yeah but um, and, I, and I know in one case and myself in fact Jan was with me and I actually spoke to her and and said can, can you see it you know and I told her what I was seeing and and mm -hmm. she didn't, of course. She was saw whatever we were doing at the time. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it, I'm not. I, I, no, no. I'm know, just. I, it's just intriguing. I, that's yeah. all, Steve. I'm not I trying to make it like it's special. I, I, I think it's just. No, intriguing. I, can't, I can't dismiss the experiences with a mm -hmm. wave of the hand and say, "Oh well, yeah, it can all be explained away." Mm -hmm. But they did make this discovery that people who think they're awake are actually asleep a lot more than. Yeah. And quite quite recently, they found out it also happens to office workers a lot. You know, these office workers who sit in front of screens all day long are actually quite often asleep. And, and, um, and from, in all seriousness, Steve, don't you, don't you have the dreams where you're dreaming and, and it might be a nightmare or something, and then you, you wake yourself up, but you're really not awake, you're still in a dream? Well, I, I was just about to say, we had, a, we had um, why that popped into synchronicity again, because 
only last week we had that exact situation with Ethan. He was describing he particularly, he, he said he'd had a bad dream, and then he'd woken up, and the bad dream kept going because then he realised he hadn't woken up. Mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, and we, were, we were talking to Ethan about these dreams where you have a bad dream and you, he said, I, I was having a bad dream and the monster was coming, so I deliberately woke myself up and yeah. then I looked around the room and there was no monster, so I settled back to sleep and the monster was waiting on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we, we explained to him that actually what you'd done is you'd, you'd dreamt that you'd woken up. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean, the amount of um, the amount of times when I I put a news item on the television um, to sit down to watch because I wanted to watch a particular item uh-huh. and realised that for some reason it had finished. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you're gonna laugh, Steve, but uh, yeah, I have a habit of, of uh, when I watch TV to, to fall asleep. But uh, I had a laugh because that's exactly what happened to me when I was watching uh, In Search of the new In Search of, and I was waiting to see Steve Parson on this show, <laughs> and I went through this whole show, and then uh, I says, "What what Steve's gonna be on?" And Jan said to him, "He was already on." That's <laughs> like, oh, I missed the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking about late at night. You know. I, no, you know, no. I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the other day I was uh, because of the new restrictions here. I was waiting to see our, our minister give out this list of instructions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just had a cup of coffee. I'd had a eight hour sleep the night before. Wasn't tired in the slightest. Sat there, and the next thing I remember was the end credits of the program. <laughs> uh, 10 minutes later. For that nine, eight or nine minutes, um, I just winked out. But yeah. there we are. I mean, and we do other bizarre things like, you know my wife, um, she is a terrible sleep talker. And you can, <laughs> have, you can have conversations with her. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it can be really quite, quite you know, uh, um, Amusing and entertaining to have these conversations That's with true. somebody. She was she was talking about Queen Elizabeth the first a few a few months ago. <laughs> um, you know what? But it, it's interesting. What is this sort of? Uh, which is the real state? Exactly. You know, are, are dreams just the wild ramblings of our imagination, or because I don't remember my dreams very often. Um, probably one no, or two. I do when remember. I, I, I'm, I've never been, never been fortunate. Uh, but when I do, they always seem to be incredibly real, um, and to the point where you're left wondering afterwards, well, which real is real? Yeah. Because the dream seemed real at the time when I was flying through the clouds and flapping my arms and swooping and you know, and all crazy things you do in dreams, but. That dream to your brain is a reality, isn't it? Your brain thinks it's it's an entirely real situation that you're in. You feel fear and emotions and all the other things. You you live the adventure of the dream, uh-huh. but we live the adventure and feel the emotions and the fears of of the waking hours as well. So which is the, which is the real reality? 
And they're all is it paranormal though, Steve? It, you know, people like to classify all these things. They they come up with these these stories. Of, think, uh, is it paranormal or is it just? Well, it's not supernatural, but uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it would certainly be. It would come under that um, that broad heading. Paranormal. Um, however. If everybody's doing it, then does it cease to become paranormal and just yeah, become a, true. an unusual, an unusual effect of consciousness that we all exhibit? Now um, we, and we talk so about it. No, yeah, go ahead. Well, we just define it as paranormal because we don't understand it. Right now, we we are, we talked about, for instance, uh, the old hag syndrome, uh, or you know, I had my first experience with that. Uh, I think last year or, or something, and. Uh, and I knew it. It wasn't everything else. But you, you, you told me that you, you also had several experiences mm -hmm. as well. And yet, you know, some people swear that this is, you know, definitely, you know, uh, a ghost or a supernatural or, or something. But you and I both have looked at it from a different point of view and, and are comfortable with what we explain happens. Wouldn't you agree? Well, not just we're not just comfortable. I mean, part of it comes from your own beliefs. I mean, if you believe that these things are paranormal and that, um, you know, there are these things called incubus and succubus that, that leap upon you and force you to yeah. ping you to bed and do terrible things to you in the <laughs> middle of the night, then, then when you have these um, situations take place, then you are going to believe that that's what happened. Whereas if you are you know, uh, someone who subscribes to the fact that this is a perfectly normal physiological condition whereby your brain is preventing you while you're asleep from leaping across the bed and beating so your partner. So you don't kill your wife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your partner over the head with a shoe or something. Yeah. Um, and, that you, you know, your brain wakes up a fraction before the release um, chemicals reach the extremities of your body. Um you're not as phased by it. But you can actually, what, what surprised me, and I had a conversation with Anne Winsper, Dr. Anne Winsper, about it about some years ago. Is, Do we have to call um, one of the, that, Yeah. One of the very we rare dreams. Dr. Cal Cooper, do we? Dr. Doctor, he's got a double doctorate now. Yeah, we just call Cal. So we can't call Anne in. We have to call a doctor. Only, yeah, but it's only because Dr. Doctor's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yep. Um, I, I phoned her up one day because I could. I, I, I remembered a particularly vivid dream, and it was it was really quite real. In that, um, I'd woke up and gone downstairs and walked into the room to see myself sitting asleep in a chair. Hmm. Now, uh, what struck me odd about that is because I was asleep in bed. I woke up. Went downstairs to get uh, a glass of water and went into the room to find myself asleep, facing myself asleep in the armchair. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, that was a dream, but it was a pretty, it was one of those sort of dreams that, you know, the more you think about it, the more it messes with your head. Yeah. <laughs> because where was I asleep? When was I asleep? Um, <laughs> What in which in which, which one was the real me? <laughs> I mean, you know, which 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 me was asleep and which me was awake? Exactly. And 
Yeah. I mean, it was it was dark in both. You know, it wasn't a time thing. It was dark. The situation was dark in both rooms at first. You know, so it was still nighttime, and yet I was asleep. I'd been asleep upstairs in the bed. I'd got up. I'd gone downstairs, and I was asleep in the chair. Right. Except, so you know, somewhat surprised, I turned around, went back upstairs, and went back to bed. And where I woke up the next morning. Now, did I actually get out of bed and fall asleep in the chair? And then my brain switched the whole situation around. Round, right. Anyway, or, speaking about switching, we've got to wrap it up. So. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Head screwy. Yeah, it is. It's, it was oh. interesting stuff. It wasn't what I had planned to talk about. We can do that another time. I'll put that in the side pocket. Uh, but. You know, it's it was really intriguing stuff, and it was, I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. What you know, what you think about it? Message Steve and I at uh, Ghost Chronicles International on our Facebook page, or you can email me at the letter N, the letter E, Ghost Project at Comcast dot net. That's N E Ghost Project at Comcast dot net, and uh, let us know your thoughts on it. Uh, you have you had a don't neat forget experiment? You can become a Van Helsing's a Van Helsing's angel. That's right. And, uh, you know, today's show is brought to you by uh, Sue Brown and uh, also Anna Isabel Rocher, who uh, become patrons of the show. They, they are bringing this show for you. They, they help bringing it. So uh, if you want to contribute to the show and, and uh, keep it going for years to come, then check it out at our Patreon page. Anyways, we got to go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe. Good night and God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.